Fort Worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Friday. It's a Friday morning, July 29th, 2022. Good to be with you as we wrap up the uh, last full week in July, if you can believe it. We have a jam-packed show for you today. So looking forward to chatting with Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer. Also, on a Friday, it's Fact Check Friday, taking a look at the news media and I'm so excited that Bill Donahue, the amazing Bill Donahue from the Catholic League, has decided to join us. Now, he's been monitoring the media, as he always does. He put out a very good press release this week all about the problems with the media in terms of how they're viewed by the public. And it's not a very good picture, as you might imagine. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more deeply with Bill, talk about a number of topics, including the way the media are covering the Holy Father's visit to Canada, which, by the way, wraps up today. He's heading back to Rome. EW10 has all the information and, of course, is carrying much of that journey. And you can see it all. And for follow-up, if you missed anything, EWTN.com. And don't forget, of course, to always check EW10 News Nightly and all of our news outlets. Then we're going to wrap up with our friends at Indiana Right to Life. Boy, has it been a busy time for them. The president of Indiana Right to Life is going to be uh, joining us, and there's so many things. I didn't even get a chance. I actually uh, sat down with him yesterday and taped the interview uh, because he wasn't able to join us live today. But so much that, that we covered, but we didn't get to a lot of the things I wanted to ask him because there's so many issues that are going on in the Midwest, in the state of Indiana, in the state of Michigan, and elsewhere. But they've got a, a big fight on their hands right now, even coming from those with whom they thought they agreed on most of the pro-life issues. And some of these quote-unquote pro-life politicians are pushing back and apparently are getting very scared with the midterms looming and are changing their mind on some things. And so he has a very, very interesting take on what happened in the legislature this week in Indiana where they're taking a look at what's happening post-Roe v. Wade. So a very, very busy show today. I do hope that you can stay for the entire two hours And I also wanted to kind of open up uh, something with a very, very bright spot, a sign of hope, uh, a big godsidence or a God wink that my husband, Deacon Dom, shared with me uh, the other day. And it was so beautiful and so powerful that it brought me to tears. You know, there's that saying that the devil is in the details. And I say, oh, no, 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 no. The Lord is in the details. If you look at the scriptures, right, every hair on our head is counted. And sometimes we forget that. So before we get uh, into the news, this story is so great. Now, my husband's on the board of a um, maternity home for women. He's serving as a chaplain and also as an advisor. And so they had a meeting tonight at a member's home, and the president of the organization was sharing uh, a wonderful God wink. So they were in need of a van because having uh, the women, I think they have five to six women that are allowed to stay, I believe, up to more than a year, maybe even two years after they um, have their baby to help them get situated in the workforce or make sure they have what they need. But in the meantime, they're taking them to school. They're taking them to doctor's appointments. um, They're teaching them all kinds of different skills. But they needed another vehicle. The van that they were using was literally falling apart. So thanks be to God, they had a donor who heard about this ministry and said, I'd like to make a sign a pretty hefty check. And it was for $50,000. He said, but I would like to know what you have in mind and how it's going to be used. And they said, well, we really need a new van 
because we're very busy taking the women to where they need to go. Again, doctor's appointments, you know, classes, things like that work. And he said, oh, that's great. He said, well, this will be perfect. He said, let me make some suggestions for you. I guess the man knows a little bit about cars. And so he picks out some vehicles, and they're all Chrysler vehicles, which is it's kind of funny because this um, woman who runs the uh, the ministry, her family used to work for Ford Motor Company. But what's so cool about this is that when you're in the Motor City, I mean, this is the Motor City, right, southeastern Michigan. This is, you know, Car Central. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but just a little bit, because there's dealerships practically, you know, every few blocks. I'm Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get the point. This is a very busy area for, for cars and car sales. And so she says, well, you know what, this man seems to, to you know, have an idea of what vehicles he think might be good for us. So I'm just going to take his advice. I'm just going to go to a local Chrysler dealership. So she just picks one not too far from her house, and she walks in, and she starts talking to the people, and she explains what she needs, the type of van, and what her budget is. And so she goes for a ride with one of the salespeople. You know how when you go for a car or used car, they always say, oh, I'm going to talk to my manager. We're going to get you a good deal. Well, this man just happened to be from the south. I think it was North or South Carolina. And he said to her, don't worry, and I mean this when I say this, I love what you're doing. I love hearing about your ministry. I used to be the head of a statewide pro-life organization down south. I mean it when I say I'm going to get you a really, really good deal. She ended up getting a very good deal on the van, and it's something they really needed. Now, when Dominic told me that the other night after he got home from this meeting, I got chills. I actually started to cry because I thought about, of all the gin joints in all the world, she just picks a Chrysler dealership and happens to talk to one salesman who happens to be the former president of a statewide pro-life organization down south. Now, I'm sorry, that is not coincidence, that is a godsend. So when you get really down and we're hearing all this bad news and it's overwhelming, do not be consumed by the negativity. We need to know about it so we can deal with it. But we have to remember, as Father John said a couple of weekends ago with that beautiful talk he gave with the coach from U of M, God is not nervous. God sees everything. He knows. And he is there for his people. And he answers prayers. I just thought that was such a beautiful story. It just gives me the chills every time I think about it. And I love what Pope Francis said in his homily yesterday. He talked about contemporary challenges to the faith, including the concept of secularization, which he described as relegating God as if it were to the background. He warned, however, we must be careful not to fall prey to pessimism or resentment, passing immediately to negative judgments or vain nostalgia. He said, bitterly complaining that the world is evil, sin reigns, is not Christian. We are called instead to have a similar view to that of God, who discerns what is good and persistently seeks it, sees it, and nurtures it. God nurtured this beautiful community here in southeastern Michigan that nurtures women in need, pregnant women in need. It's a beautiful maternity home, Mary's Mantle in southeastern Michigan. And boy, what an answer to prayer. What are the chances? And she didn't know this man from Adam. When he found out what she was doing, he made sure that she was treated not only fairly, but extremely well. So when they say the devil is in the details, say God's got it all over it. God's in the details. Right? Every hair on her head is counted. Okay. Already seven minutes past the hour. Weather-wise, extreme heat still in the northwest and still flooding 
uh, in Kentucky and other areas, a number of other states affected. So let's get to the news right now before we take a break and have our very own Doug Keck on with us once again on a Friday. You are listening to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, eight minutes past the hour now on a Friday. Well, speaking Thursday to a group of priests, bishops, deacons, and consecrated persons, seminarians, and pastoral workers at the Cathedral Basilica of Notre Dame de Quebec, the Holy Father urging those there to model Christian joy and fraternity to those to whom they minister. Christian joy, he said, is about the experience of a peace that remains in our hearts, even when we are pelted by trials and afflictions. For then we know that we are not alone, but accompanied by a God who is not indifferent to our lot. When seas are rough, the storm is always on the surface, but the depths remain calm and peaceful. The Holy Father is speaking about contemporary challenges to the faith, including the concept of secularization, which he described as relegating God as if it were to the background, as I mentioned earlier. He warned, however, that we must be careful again not to fall prey to pessimism or resentment, passing immediately to negative judgments or a vain nostalgia. Bitterly complaining that the world is evil, sin reigns, is not Christian, he said in call, we are called instead to have a view similar to that of God, who discerns what is good and persistently seeks it, sees it, and nurtures it. The Biden administration proposing a new rule, as Catholic News Agency explains, and as we discussed earlier with the Catholic Medical Association this week on the show, legal experts say if finalized, it would force hospitals and doctors to perform under this new rule a gender transition surgery as well as abortions. The rule proposed by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services revising a section of the Affordable Care Act to add sexual orientation and gender identity and quote-unquote reproductive health care services, including pregnancy termination, to existing, quote, protections against discrimination on the basis of sex. But the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is responding strongly, condemning the move in a public statement saying that the proposed rule would threaten the Catholic Church's ability to carry out our healing ministries and mandate health care workers to perform life-altering surgeries to remove healthy body parts. The man accused of impregnating that 10-year-old girl, which led to her abortion, as Matt Reese reports, is now going to sit in jail until trial. Gerson Fuente's attorney says his client, who is from Guatemala, has no criminal record and has lived in Columbus for several years. His mother also lives in town. But Franklin County Common Police Court Judge Julie Lynch said during a hearing Thursday morning that allowing the 27-year-old suspect to return to the same home where the 10-year-old victim lives would be traumatic for her. Bond denied. At least 15 people now are reported dead as a result of those heavy rains and widespread flooding across the eastern part of Kentucky. Reporter Maggie Vespa says that first responders are fearing the number will continue to increase while struggling with rescue and recovery efforts. The death toll from this storm, from this event, has been rising steadily. Officials expect it to soar into the double digits. And local officials also tell me they haven't even been able to get an accurate count of the missing. The governor calling it an ongoing natural disaster. He's declared a state of emergency, and the National Guard has been mobilized to assist with the devastation. The state was hit with nearly a foot of rain in merely one day. Meanwhile, Michael Kastner tells us multiple casinos on the Las Vegas Strip are now dealing with flooding issues caused by the overnight storm they had. 
Videos across social media show water pouring inside locations such as Caesar's Palace and Planet Hollywood. The Las Vegas Review Journal reported all the lights on the Fremont Street experience in downtown Las Vegas were out as well. Wind gusts just over 70 miles an hour were also recorded in the area. Las Vegas Metro Police had not reported any injuries due to the storm as of midnight local time. The man accused of attacking New York Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin going to stay behind bars until more is known about his mental health. The attack happening a week ago while Zeldin was giving a speech at a VFW post outside of Rochester, New York. David Jacobanis facing a judge today while his attorney saying he's a mentally scarred war veteran with a drinking problem, suffering from severe anxiety and a panic disorder. He is due back in court next month. And the principal at Uvalde, Texas Elementary School, as Trey Thomas explains, where 19 children and two teasers were killed in a mass shooting, is now back to work. Principal Mandy Gutierrez was reinstated Thursday, three days after she was placed on administrative leave. On Wednesday, Gutierrez contested the findings of a Texas Legislative Committee report that criticized security and claimed that there was a culture of complacency before the May 24th attack at Robb Elementary School. In the Big Apple, a transportation worker being recognized for helping an NYPD officer struggling with a suspect in a video that's now gone viral. The Transit Worker Union Local 100 is praising their colleague for his actions. I seen a police officer in a dangerous situation being held in a chokehold on the ground, so I knew I'd intervene, so that's why I went over to help him out. The worker was fixing a Metro card machine and jumped in to help regardless of personal safety. The transit worker can be seen in the video stepping in once the officer is slammed to the ground. He doesn't want to be identified in fear of retaliation. There are so many illegal immigrants being bused from Texas. Lisa Taylor tells us the nation's capital, mayor of Washington, D.C., she's now calling it a humanitarian crisis. She's asking the National Guard be activated to set up a processing center. Texas Republicans have been using the busing as a political statement in opposition to the president's handling of the southern border. In a statement, State Attorney General Ken Paxton said D.C. is learning what it means to be a sanctuary city and said it's no surprise the mayor doesn't like it. A new study finding roughly 27 million people who reported losing their sense of taste or smell due to COVID were still dealing with those symptoms after some six months. The analysis was published in the Medical Journal of the British Medical Association. The researchers noting that most people recover their senses, though, within a few months. And finally, in our new segment at 14 minutes past hour on a Friday, July 29th, fans are eager to see live music again, but they might be in for a shock at the box office. Syracuse Music Business Program Director and former Billboard Editorial Director Bill Wordy says high ticket prices are likely, unfortunately, going to be the new normal. Artists and their representatives have had enough of seeing millions of dollars leave their value chain and go to the stub hubs of the world, the sea geeks of the world. This year is on track to be the busiest concert season on record, and new information shows ticket prices skyrocketing along with it. Bruce Springsteen Faithful were stunned when tickets for his upcoming tour went on sale with some seats reportedly going for as much as $5,500. Those four-figure tickets are a result, apparently, of Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing model, as it's called, which allows artists and promoters to adjust prices based on demand. And the expert says there won't be any positive changes unless music fans rebel, Congress gets involved, or technology improves to solve the overall problem.
15 minutes past the hour. Well, we have the technology here at EWTN to bring you 24-7 Catholic news and information and great stories about people that make a difference in the church and beyond. And to learn what's coming up next on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio and TV Network, Doug Keck is on deck. Coming up next after about two minutes. We'll be right back. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Have you heard the latest and greatest travel news? One more reason to join us on our premier Tease Italy pilgrimage, La Dolce Fide, or the Sweetness of Faith, this November 6th to the 14th. Hi, it's Teresa Tamio, and yes, it's an unbelievable price, some $3,600 for a seven-night lamb package, including Assisi, Orvieto, Rome, and much more. But now, and here's the latest and greatest news, no reason to worry about having to test to come back home. All testing requirements dropped. No vaccination, no testing, and a credible opportunity to visit tombs of the great saints such as Francis, Claire, Blessed Carlos Acutes, and so much more, except those tests. So call Corporate Travel now, 800-727-1999, or visit us online, AveMariaRadio.net, on our travel page. Call now. The trip is filling up, 1-800-727-1999. Hope to see you in Bella Italia in November. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Now is a great time to learn about CMF Curo as a pro-life Catholic health care option for your family. You can join any time throughout the year. Plus, you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your health, spirit, mind, and body. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. Seventeen minutes past the hour. Always great to wrap up the week with Doug Keck, our president and chief operating officer. I have to tell you that uh, I'm writing a, another book for Sophia, and this one is about um, my mom uh, and things I've learned from my mom. And one of the things she used to always say, and you're probably familiar with this, being an East Coaster, uh, she used to say, "Offer it up to God and put it at the foot of the cross." So redemptive suffering, right? And I know Mother Angelica talked about that a lot. And so I was doing some research and saying, "I need, I need, you know, a really good explanation of this." And I found a great interview that you did with Father Spitzer on Spitzer's Universe from a few years ago. And I don't know if you remember it, but he had a really, really great explanation. He went through different three things about redemptive suffering and what it means. And it was, I know it's no shock, but he explained it so well. Even though he's this brilliant, you know, physicist and theologian, he just brought it down to the way we can understand. So I'm, I'm transcribing that interview and putting part of it in the new book. Well, one of the reasons I can't remember is not because I don't listen to him. It's just that he says so many wonderful things on so right. many different shows over the last few years that it's 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 hard to catalog them. Yeah, and that's his great gift. His great right. gift is he is brilliant, but he has that 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 wonderful gift of being able to bring these things down 
and talk to people on their level uh, in a different way than Mother Angelica would, but in the same way that Mother Angelica was able to talk to the average mm-hmm. person. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I, I, I love, I love Father Spitzer's universe. I mean, it's just you just ask him a question and he just goes to town. <laughs> it's, it's great. So that's one of our great programs in EW10. What is coming up? I can't believe this is a last weekend in July. Right. Well, with that being the case, we're wrapping up our coverage of the Pope. He's mm-hmm. been in in Canada this week. So in about an hour or so, ten thirty a.m. Eastern time, a, a, a meeting with Indigenous peoples in Quebec. Uh, Father D'Souza and Kevin Dunn uh, continue and wrap up our coverage. And everything wraps up this afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Eastern with a meeting with some young peoples mm-hmm. and elders, and it's kind of the farewell ceremony. So that wraps up the Pope's visit, and we hope he has a safe trip clearly uh, back home. That'd be wonderful. We also have the massive installation coming up on the uh, Reverend Robert E. Barron, as the ninth bishop of Winona, Rochester, mm. of course, uh, Bishop Barron, well known to so many of us, uh, and that'll be uh, this morning at 11:30 a.m. So that's happening this morning as well. So another interesting event. Uh, we've got some other programs. One's on Father Nelson Baker. One on Solanus Casey coming up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. The movie on Ignatius of Loyola on Saturday. We've also got our, our personal favorite, uh, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. This one is the mm. Gender Agenda, which is oh, the my one goodness. that focused on what we're in the middle of right now, folks. So, uh, you know, um, may want to check that out at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And then next week, uh, what we've really got cooking the most is the Knights of Columbus 140th uh, Supreme Convention, live from Nashville. Opening Mass on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Then we've got the session in the afternoon, the state's dinner that night. A couple of other Masses on uh, the mornings of the 3rd and the 4th. And uh, I will proudly be anchoring that particular oh, event. Nice. So that should be fun. I haven't done it in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that'll be great to be uh, with Brother Knights up in Nashville. And then a couple of nice programs, Solidarity with Ukraine. It's a new program we have, the Knights of Columbus did, that will be airing as part of our coverage on Tuesday uh, the 2nd, and then also we will have uh, Everyday Heroes, uh, another new program on the Knights uh, helping people as they do, and we know, and really dealing with authentic Catholic masculinity, and boy, do we need it now, EW10.com for all of our programming, and don't forget, so much of our material is available post facto on demand. The Catholic News Agency had a really good report. I, I read part of it. I, I use a lot of their, their news, as you know, on my newscast. But they had a really good report this morning regarding the whole situation with the Health Department of Health and Human Services. And we interviewed the head of the uh, one of the doctors from the Catholic Medical Association, I think it was on Wednesday, mm-hmm. regarding this. I mean, it, it, you and I were talking during the break about how many people don't realize right. what is going on here in terms of what they're pushing, this administration, which is why programs like the Gender Agenda are so important. Right, exactly. I mean, all of us, I think, I, I, including myself. I mean, I don't know about yourself, but uh, you know, we, we're 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 close to the news. We're you know, we're wide-eyed people in the sense that our eyes are open. We grew up in the Northeast. Uh, you know, we didn't grow up under a turnip in the turnip patch, mm-hmm. so we know what's going on out there. We've worked in the media business, and you, and you understand over the last two years of what's going on in the schools and what's being incredibly pushed. I mean, Pennsylvania University promoted uh, you know Leah Thomas an alleged woman to be the woman of the know, year right now she didn't get it right thank goodness but mm-hmm. you know the idea that we're even talking about these things and people have to stop and say if somebody told you about some of the things going on what's being promoted 
you know, this critical race theory and these other things, even just 10 years ago, people would say you're radical, you know, you're not making this stuff yep. up. That's not really, and that's what you still hear. You know, that's the problem. We have a lot of stuff going on today, which is just plainly when somebody gets challenged to the truth, they just lie about it. Right. Uh, because, again, as Solinsky put it, almost every time the end just defines the means. So mm-hmm. the fact that uh, somebody catches you doing something you shouldn't be doing, uh, you don't admit it because ultimately it's a good thing that you're doing it. And that uh, runs totally contrary to Catholic moral teaching, where you can't do an evil for an alleged good. Well, what also came out in the original Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, which I advise people to, to watch more than once because it's, it's, so, it's so important and it just explains so much of what's going on right now, is they know very well, and he knew this too, that just say the lie, say the lie, and if you're called out on it and at some point if you have to correct it, okay, you correct it, but it doesn't really matter because the damage is done. I mean, we're seeing that this right. week with the whole thing with, with the view, not the Catholic view for women, but the view on ABC, right. <laughs> where they had to apologize not once but twice because they received a, a cease and desist letter from the Turning Point, which is a college-associated uh, organization right, absolutely. with, with a great Charlie event Kirk. In Florida. Yeah. right, right. And so they they said that it was they connected it uh, to neo-Nazis who were outside, who were protesters. Yeah, it was like ten of them there. Ten of them yeah. who show up, and so they made a big deal out of it, trying to give people the impression that this is a group uh, that is that believes in what these these protesters who basically just showed up, which they're allowed to do because the First Amendment allowed them to show up. It had nothing to do with the conference. And, and I, I and I don't know this for a fact but i don't even know were they neo-nazis or were I, they people portraying neo-nazis I, I think they were they were really they were very radical in terms of yeah. their 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 beliefs and their statements but they weren't even associated with this organization and you, you we right. know this from covering the march of life you can't control everybody who shows up but it right? goes back to the remember the yunkin uh demonstration yep. with yep. those people the torch carriers showed up and they weren't even torch carriers they were they were props that were sent there so right. i'm not saying that's true but things have gotten so bad right where we are today you can almost believe anything. And unfortunately, it's horrible because everything that something happens, everybody goes, really? Is that really true? Is right. that, Are we sure that that's really what happened? But like you said, when you live in a world where terms keep getting redefined, we just are going through it now. You know, whether you like the economy or not, you know, technically a recession is 2G. Suddenly, no, that's not no, really it's what not. it is. No, no, uh, and that's these not reality. Things, yeah. and, and, and having surgeries on young children suddenly is affirming care. Right. You know, it's affirming care. Well, the Nazis were good at changing language, too. Life yeah. not worthy of life was how they got rid of people, especially people with mental deficiencies. Well said, Doug. Thanks so much. And again, all the information on the great programming, EWTN.com. We'll be right back. Everyone said it would be quick and simple. I didn't go with her or try to stop her. She said it was her choice and her body. Look, I had other things to worry about. She didn't want to listen to me. I felt helpless. I didn't want to mess up all my plans. I gave up trying to change her mind. Are you a man suffering from a loss due to an abortion decision? If you are, you may feel alone, but you're not. There are people who understand and can help at projectjosephdallas.org. She said this was not going to affect me. Why am I still hurting? So much time has gone by and I still remember it. Don't suffer alone. Visit projectjosephdallas.org. A message from Project Joseph of Dallas, a ministry for men who have suffered the experience 
of abortion. Guadalupe Radio Network announces the launch of La Promesa Legacy Circle, formed to recognize and honor our dedicated donors who have made long-term commitments to the network through gifts from their estates. We invite you to join our family and allow us to be a part of your personal legacy. For more information on making a legacy gift for the benefit of the GRN and a guide to charitable estate planning, contact our friends at the Catholic Foundation at 972-661-9792 or info at catholicfoundation.com. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. So this is our uh, segment that's usually called Fact Check Friday. I started this in 2020 during the uh, election because there was so much fake news, misinformation, and craziness coming out of the secular media that I felt, especially where it came to the issues that, that we care so much about. Uh, in the Catholic Church, especially the life issues and marriage and family and this whole uh, push of gender ideology. So I thought, okay, I've got to break this down for people. And it was well-received, so we try to do it every single week. And so when I saw Bill Donahue from the Catholic League, his terrific press release about most journalists living in a bubble, I just went through this and said, this is just so spot on. I thought this would be a perfect discussion for this morning's Fact Check Friday. So, Bill, I think you nailed it here. There's so much to talk about. And if you look at the numbers, uh, you just wonder... I, I really don't think this is my perspective, uh, having half of my professional life in the secular media and half now in, in Catholic media, 20 years in Catholic media now. I really don't think they care. They keep shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, if you look at the numbers, for example, with CNN, just look at their ratings. I'm not talking about the Gallup poll. We're going to discuss that. But if you look at the ratings of these places, they are just, they don't have any viewers anymore. And that's not that's not an exaggeration. And yet they keep spewing out the same agenda-driven lies every single day. I'm just wondering what you think about that because they must have people supporting them somehow because when I was in the business, ratings mattered. Yeah, it is amazing. It's especially suicide. Uh, anybody in any other profession, if you were a baseball player and you were and you were hitting uh, 200, they'd get rid of you. Uh, no, but in the media, it's a little bit different. I remember uh, Michael Medved, a brilliant uh, yes. commentator on Hollywood. Uh-huh. He said a number of you know, 20, 25 years ago. He was the first, I think, to point out that Hollywood continues to make movies that nobody wants to see. Uh, but they get their money from the PG movies and the PG-13 movies, but then they have enough money left over to have their ideological infusion. And I think that's what's going on here. As long as the corporations are continued to pay uh, the salaries that they do to these people, and they are, uh, they are bolstered up by them, uh, then they, they, their, their ideology is so strong. They are so convinced that they are right and that we are wrong that they don't really need to debate it. At some point, you would think that this, this, this thing's going to blow up. Now, there, there are changes at CNN. There's a new fellow there at the helm, and he's trying to move them back to the center. So we have to give him some time. But, uh, yeah, we had that, what was that, All American News? Remember the radio show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tried that. That didn't work. Right. Uh, listen, uh, the listeners at EWTN know, should know better than anybody. There were attempts by, by the bishops, even 
to try and compete with their own Catholic radio stations, and they fail miserably. Mm-hmm. The people don't want the same pablum that, they, that they're getting from the editorial board of the New York Times and every place else. They want some heterodoxy, and right. heterodoxy is, is, is being canceled today. It's being canceled in the schools. It's being canceled in the media. They just don't get it. We're talking to Bill Donio, of course, author, speaker, and uh, well-known uh, for his uh, the great, great reality <laughs> checks that he gives us. And we're looking at a new press release that he sent out most recently. Most journalists live in a bubble, and I can totally relate to this. I just think it's so true. And you cite this Gallup poll, and this this is amazing to me. Again, you talked about uh, business suicide. Six, only 16% of Americans have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in newspapers and only 11% have some degree of confidence in TV news. Now, among Republicans, just 5% have confidence in newspapers, as contrasted to 35% among Democrats. But that's still a pretty low number, even for the Democrats. So the media are seeing this. There was one anchor that came out, I think it was two weeks ago, I forget her name, from MSNBC, who said, oh, my gosh, they don't like us. We're not, we're, they, they're not hearing us. Well, duh. I mean, Seriously? Yeah, they, 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 they do live in a, an alternative universe. I mean, the bubble is gargantuan. But you see what it is? It's an intellectual ghetto, and it begins in the, in the academy. It begins in the university. I spent 16 years as a professor, and I, I can tell you, I, I've never seen so much groupthink in my life. It's only mm-hmm. gotten worse since, since, since I was a part of it. Uh, they are so convinced that they're right that, you know, remember what I wrote about it in, in that press release? You're talking about three political scientists who did their own survey, like 13,000 people that they, they wrote, uh, they sent the survey to as journalists, and uh, they got back a fair number of them, and they concluded that even though they, eight out of ten, are pretty far to the left, uh, they're really objective because they, they're willing to cover conservatives as well as liberals. But it's not whom they cover, it's what they say when they cover them. And the example I gave is our friend Jim Acosta. He covered Donald Trump. Does that make right. him ergo, instantly, bingo, impartial? I mean, these people are living in a bubble who even do the surveys. Right. Right. Well, you, you cover someone, but if you're not giving that person, if you're not reporting yeah. accurately what they're saying, and if you're not giving them uh, an opportunity to counter what you've been claiming for years and years, that's not, that's not balanced coverage. But this is how blinded they are, and this is what I try to tell people over and over again. This is why they have to take everything that the secular media are saying, even, Bill, sometimes when it comes to just a general news story, whether it's about a fire or a flood, you can't even trust that anymore. No, as I pointed out, there's one example of this poor priest uh, who was exonerated uh, after a thorough investigation. Some some gals said that they were molested back in the 1980s when they were girls, and they couldn't substantiate anything. Now, this guy who does who does reporting is interviewing somebody from SNAP. Now, I've totally crushed SNAP right. and others who have, who have followed in my lead. I mean, they don't even exist as an organization. The guy has a cell phone. Uh, David Cloessi has checked out years ago and, and, and all these other people, and yet they strain to find something to slam the church with, and, and the guy has no evidence to make he, what, what he's saying. Look, it's just like, look, I'm not defending January 6th. I'm, in fact, I'm very highly critical of what mm-hmm. happened, uh, that that is simply wrong. Right. But at the same time, when you have these, these, these hearings and there's no cross-examination, the only Republicans all you have are people who hate Donald Trump, and you, and, and you don't get the transcripts. Pat Sip alone is, is a good man. We don't know exactly what he said in his testimony. They won't release it. And it's all one-sided. That's a kangaroo court. I mean, right. so this kind of control, it's kind of a thought control. But, you know, fortunately because of radio and TV and other channels and, and Internet and other sources, people are not hostage 
uh, to to the big broadcasters and cable news people are finally, you know, they're, they're starting to starting to wake up a little bit. Talking with Bill Donahue, of course, of the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights, CatholicLeague.org. However, we still have a lot of work to do because they still dominate in terms of audience size compared to, uh, even though we've grown uh, greatly over the last uh, several years, of course. And, and as you said, there are many conservative outlets and, and outlets that actually report the truth about the Catholic faith and religion in general. We still have a lot of work to do, though, in order to break through, don't you think? Oh, listen, I mean, there's no question about it. Look, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, I, we've all known that the media and, uh, and, and education, the arts, uh, they've been very left, far left for a long time. But only in recent years, and I thought I'd never see this, have we now seen the, the corporate world, the, the Fortune 500, the military elite, not the rank and file, the elite, uh, healthcare industry, these people have now gone so woke that they had a Yale professor, uh, emeritus epidemiologist on TV here recently, and, and he gets it. He says, listen, we've lost our prestige. Of course, when we find out that Deborah Burks said, I knew the vaccines uh. weren't going to work all along, mm. and you get Fauci, uh, they've caught him in more lies than I've ever seen in my life. He's got the biggest Pinocchios in the world. And, and, and it's not just them. We've seen, again, with the elite at the top of the military, the corporations uh, with their critical race theory that all white people are inherently racist. Mm-hmm. That idea is racist. And yet they're all going along with it. I never thought that we'd, we'd see the day where the corporations, the, the healthcare industry, and, and the uh, military would become as corrupt as the arts and the, and the, and the colleges and universities and the, and the media. Well, that's why we need you out there, Bill. Keep up the great work, and I wish I had more time. We'll definitely have you back on in the near future. Check out the great work of Bill Donahue and the Catholic League at catholicleague.org on a Friday. We'll be right back. Right to Life Indiana next. Save the date. Are you a newlywed and would like to have your marriage blessed by Dallas Bishop Edward Burns? The Diocese of Dallas is having a newlywed mass for those recently married on Saturday, November 5th at 5 p.m. at the Cathedral Shrine of the Virgin of Guadalupe in downtown Dallas. Bishop Edward Burns will be the celebrant. A reception will follow afterwards in the Grand Salon. For more information, visit cathdal.org. Para Car Care is a proud sponsor of KATH 910AM. Here at Para Car Care, we are devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the Euless area, 817-685-2222. And for the North Richland Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at paracarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. Do you want to grow closer to God in prayer, overcome temptation, become a better Catholic, grow in holiness in your state in life, and just want to be a happier person? Hi, this is Father Sam Medley from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, host of a weekly program, A Life Lived Joyfully, brought to you by the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays as we dive into the Catholic Daily Mass readings as the basis for this call to holiness, 3 p.m. Central and 4 p.m. Eastern. 
Are you a small company needing IT help? Is your computer running slow? Do you need help securing your network? Do you want the peace of mind knowing your computers are running optimally and securely? I'm Charles Gura, a parishioner at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Kelton and a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. We can be reached at 214-702-6996 or online at pro-multis.com, P-R-O-M-U-L-T-I-S.com. We use our talents to help with your technology so you can use your talents to run your business. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. It's a Friday morning. So appreciate the great work of Indiana Right to Life. On the phone with us is the president and the CEO, Mike Victor, and so much going on, not only in Indiana and my state of Michigan, but across the country as we look at this post-Roe v. Wade world. And there's so much work to be done. What a great victory. Thanks be to God overturning Roe v. Wade. But then it gave us the issue right back at the state level, So, which means, as I've been saying, since June 24th, we have to roll up our sleeves even higher and dig in, dig in even more deeply to make sure that we are uh, preaching the truth in love and getting the pro-life message out there. So, Mike, thanks for joining us. I know this has been an exhaustive time for you, and you have such a strong pro-life presence in Indiana. What has it been like since the story broke about the 10-year-old girl in that very, very difficult case uh, of rape? And, of course, the man involved uh, has been going through the process, even though he claims he's innocent and the mother claims he's innocent. So it's a very complicated, um, assorted story. But what's it been like for you in the pro-life community in Indiana since then? Well, let me start by saying that from the onset, from the reversal of Roe versus Wade, we have stressed uh, that the Indiana legislature needs to come together and have a loving and compassionate discussion on life issues, including the tough issues. And, uh, and that incorporates uh, seeing Indiana move towards valuing all life, including every unborn child, regardless of the means of a child's conception, uh, as well as caring for and supporting pregnant mothers in our state. Uh, so that's been what we have really been stressing. That's what we hope the legislature uh, would have this discussion on. What we've seen happen is the discussion sort of devolve into unhelpful uh, different directions. And we all know the, the situation uh, with the young girl is heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking to think of, of the innocence lost by this young girl, to think that a baby's life has been lost by this. And frankly, it's heartbreaking and angering to see that this now has been pivoted and being used uh, just to exploit it as a political issue instead of pausing, holding, and say, this is an issue where that loving and compassionate discussion should be coming into play right now. Uh, but unfortunately, what we are seeing right now in Indiana in this special session, as the first state up with a special session after the overturn of Roe versus Wade, uh, we're seeing a very weak bill that's been introduced by uh, Senate Republicans. In fact, as it stands right now, we oppose Senate Bill 1 because it is so weak. It has wide open loopholes in this bill, and it's just so disappointing. We have opportunity to correct it on second reading on Thursday afternoons, probably going into Thursday evening, but it's, it's just so, uh, you know, it's just so concerning right now because with Republican supermajorities, <laughs> Republicans in the supermajorities in Indiana, we have a weak bill. And uh, we keep being told it's better to have a weak bill than no bill, and it is so extremely frustrating. The pro-life community in Indiana expects more. Uh, we didn't work and pray and sweat for 50 years to see a reversal of Roe just to take small little incremental steps moving forward. So that's where we're at right now. We're hoping this bill gets tightened up 
We think we're going to have some very good amendments put into it, but it, as we stand right now, it's extremely disappointing. Now, in terms of testimony, you had some really good testimony this week, though, regarding that, that measure, correct? We did. We had some wonderful testimony this week. Uh, you know, and in fact, multiple women who testified before the Senate committee hearing uh, just to verify that uh, a rape is a obviously a traumatic event on a woman. An abortion's a traumatic event on a woman. And the uh, sort of the uh, when it becomes politicized, uh, there there comes this time where people are just expecting that the uh, that somehow an abortion makes everything go away, and mm-hmm. it doesn't. And in mm-hmm. fact, in the Indiana bill, it's even compounded because as the legislators have have uh, tried to adjust this in committee, it's been very unhelpful. Uh, the language as it reads right now in Indiana would require that a signed affidavit be presented to the doctor, signed by the woman, uh, stating it was a rape. But that becomes confidential, uh, probably confidential as far as we're reading this law to everybody, including law enforcement officials, including the State Department of Health or anybody else who wanted to verify the information on here. And we think that's egregious on multiple levels. Uh, on one level, the only reason that affidavit is would be signed is to protect the doctor from any legal blowback. It has zero protections uh, for the woman. Hmm. Uh, and there's un- undoubtedly, there would be women under this law, if this were to become law, there would be women who signed that affidavit and probably under the uh, impression of thinking, help is going to come to me. Uh, police are going to get onto this matter. Something's going to happen. It, it is not a police report. It is, there will be no filing of it. It will be confidential. No one will ever see it. So now the trauma of the rape is compounded by the trauma of an abortion. A baby's life is lost. There is no criminal justice uh, for this woman who's been horribly abused. And perpetrators can get off scot-free with this. And somehow we have Republican legislators who think that's a good measure. Uh, it's just completely unacceptable. Um, so it's right now it just really looks like the legislation that is attempting to be crafted is maybe trying to be crafted on polling numbers or some other type of clever reasoning, but it's completely uh, ineffective in what it's trying to accomplish. We're talking with Indiana Right to Life President and Chief Executive Officer Mike Victor from, again, Indiana Right to Life. (laughs) You have such a strong pro-life state. Do you think some of these politicians who are behind this this weak bill are scared because they're going into the midterms? Because I I can't imagine you really have, do have a really strong pro-life state in terms of what you have been able to accomplish. I know I've spoken for Indiana Right to Life before. You guys are a great organization. We are a very strong pro-life state, and legislators need to be very concerned. If we come out of the special session with no legislation, which is actually a possibility, or very weak legislation, uh, the pro-life community is not going to be fooled by that. Indiana's pro-life community is uh, it's in all parts of the state. Um, you know, we're at many levels a very sophisticated uh, organization, and it's a very sophisticated grassroots movement. And I really think, after spending this entire week at the State House, that there's a complete disconnect between what politicians think they need to do with legislation based upon whatever they're looking at versus the, the folks who are actually going to be voting and the folks who actually work on this issue. And I actually had a state senator yesterday <clears throat> tell me this. Totally uh, mind-blowing to me that I had a state senator tell me yesterday that our 12 to 1,500 uh, pro-life participants in our Love Them Both rally that we hosted at the State House on Tuesday, that those were not the real people in Indiana and that we need to get out and st- start talking to what? the real people. I, absolutely, and I, to which I responded, those folks who came to the wonderful folks and a lot of young people as well, a beautiful crowd that we had, 
I said those folks represent just a very small fraction of the pro-life community that expects Indiana to do much more than what this bill represents. And it's just stunning because it seems like there is a total disconnect in a lot of the legislators' minds that we're talking to, total disconnect between how passionate pro-life people are. Uh, so we're hoping we can overcome this, but I'm telling you right now, uh, it's been a very frustrating week at the Indiana State House, uh, just listening to a lot of Republicans trying to backpedal on this issue. Well, this is just really a disappointing because, first of all, who's informing whom in terms of where they gain their information? Because you and I know if you see, let's see, 1,200 people, you said that's a darn good turnout for a state event. That's a lot of people for a state event, number one. Number two, I learned long time ago, being in journalism, and also they say the same is true for politics. If one person is speaking up, whether it be in the old days, they used to say if you get one letter from a viewer or a listener, that represents at least uh, at least 10 to 100 additional people. So you multiply that. And think about how many people that are represented by those 1,200 that are there. Not to mention, Indiana Right to Life has had boots on the ground for decades in the state. So if anybody knows what's going on, you do. And so for these senators to be drinking the Kool-Aid, who's speaking to them? Do you know? Well, I, I have my suspicions. I think there, there are probably some polling results that are going around, that, uh, which now are Republicans going to base policy on life? on polls are they going to base it on what they said they would do with the voters and that's a whole separate issue right there we have for example in the indiana senate 50 senators we know that we have 28 that's a majority right off the bat we have 28 indiana republican senators who have run on the position of either no exceptions on abortion or life of the mother only exceptions so really the entire debate on exceptions should be settled right there. But I've had numerous state senators tell me uh, in this in, in these last four days uh, various different versions of the same logic. And and I'll just sum it up with what one state state senator told me in one of my last meetings yesterday. She looked me in the eye and I asked her, "What are we to make of the 28 Republican state senators who said those were the only two exceptions they would ever accept?" Uh, and her comment to me was, those were candidates who ran in surveys prior to the reversal of Roe versus Wade when that was a good strategy. But now that wow. Roe is reversed, that may not be the best strategy. I've had other senators tell me that uh, putting that on your candidate survey means that's how you feel personally, but it may not mean how you would actually vote on legislation. To which I say, tell that to the pro-life voters in November. Uh, there's a, a complete... Uh, underestimation of how passionate the pro-life community is on this. And if the Republicans, and I put it on their doorstep because we have Republican supermajorities in the state house in Indiana, you can't blame this one on Democrats. You can't blame it on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court could not have been clearer. Every state can set its own abortion policy based on rational basis. Indiana has that opportunity to do so. They've got the Republican numbers to do whatever they want to do in the state. So if this bill ends up going down completely or if this bill ends up in a very weak form that we can't support but they just want to move it along, it will be totally at the doorstep of the Indiana Republicans in the, in the Senate and the House. There's no other way to look at it. So what are you encouraging uh, the pro-life voters uh, in Indiana to do? Are they becoming aware of, of what you're learning behind the scenes here, Mike? Yeah, very much so. Uh, what we have been doing actually since this bill was introduced um, we've been encouraging pro-life voters in Indiana to uh, very easily take the step of texting the word unborn to the number 52886. 
by texting UNBORN to 52886. That immediately connects you to your specific representative and senator if you're a resident of Indiana and lets them know that this is weak legislation that we can't support and it needs to be corrected. So that's an easy thing to do. But also folks need to uh, look at simple things that we overlook anymore. One of those is you call the state house. Pick yep. up the phone, yep. actually mm-hmm. call the state house and mm-hmm. demand that you get, you're going to get probably the legislative aid for your state senator. But right now, the state senate is the focal point. Call your state senator's office, leave a message with their legislative aid, and say this SB1 as it stands is completely unacceptable unless they make it a true pro-life bill uh, that you don't support this bill. That's one thing. Second thing, we don't want to lose uh, track of just praying. I mean, this is really right. at its core a spiritual uh, we battle. Need to be, yeah. yeah, a spiritual mm-hmm. battle, mm-hmm. and we need to be praying about this. And and I, I say that not to say that. I really truly mean we this is we need to pray with it. Everyone needs to be praying about this and pray fervently on this issue. And we're seeing it firsthand how intense this is, uh, you know, in the halls of the state house. Uh there needs to be fervent prayer. And then your legislators are probably coming back to your district over the weekend. So if you see a a state senator, state representative at church, you see them at a restaurant, you see them wherever in the local community, that's an opportunity to express to them as your elected official what your concerns are right now. So I just see firsthand here how when you're in the halls of the state house and you're within that state house bubble, everything seems like that's the real world. But when these legislators go back home to the people who actually vote to put them there in the first place, that's when the eye-to-eye conversations can occur. That's where it will have a major impact. So those are that's what we are encouraging pro-lifers in Indiana to do right now. Mike, we don't have any more time. I'm so sorry because I had a ton more questions. I'll have to have you back on. Give us your website and then also remind us of the texting information you just shared. Yes, our website is irtl.org. And uh, we also have a special campaign site for this legislator. It's called, it's it's time dot life. So it's time dot life gives more information on the specific bill. You can also text unborn to the number five two eight eight six and get your message across to state legislators. And those are for people who live in Indiana because it actually will go to your own state rep. Thank That's you correct. so much, and, and God love you for your great work. Stay strong. Mike Victor is the president and CEO of Indiana Right to Life. Uh, update information on the testimony this week regarding the measures that are before the legislature there, and also an update on the developments with that horrific story involving the 10-year-old girl and the rape. But again, abortion is not a quick fix to anything, no matter how difficult the situation may be. Life is always the answer, and we don't punish the victim of rape twice uh, by pushing abortion, nor do we punish the child. We should be looking at this in terms of what can we do to help in that situation and also to make sure that the perpetrator is caught. We'll be right back on Catholic Connection on a Friday. Stay tuned. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Abortion. Pornography. Embryonic stem cell research. Corporate contributions to Planned Parenthood. Do you invest in companies that are engaged in these practices? The Ave Maria Mutual Funds do not. And their investment portfolios reflect that. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. 
Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I went to Las Vegas years and years ago for one of these cable shows, and and I was uh, shocked to see all these old ladies in their 70s and 80s getting off that plane, running for a slot machine. You don't have a chance to win. They're all fixed. I know, my uncle used to have slot machines. (laughs) EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection, co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EW Chan. And don't forget that you can listen to archives of this particular program by just going to the archive section at AveMariaRadio.net. So please tune in on Monday because we have a uh, very big interview. Blessed to be joined by uh, His Excellency Archbishop Nauman, who's going to be talking about the big vote coming up in Kansas. This is really, really important. You don't want to miss it because we're going to be talking about what you can do, not only in Kansas, but across the country to make a difference in pro-life issues, as you just heard with Indiana Right to Life and more. We'll talk to you on a Monday. Have a blessed weekend. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Boldly proclaiming the truths of our Catholic faith. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. The White Rose Women's Center needs volunteers, compassionate men and women to help convert the hearts of women wanting an abortion. Volunteer work includes counseling, organizing baby and maternity clothes, and other things. We are also looking to hire a part-time sonographer. Together with our volunteer counselors, our sonographers are a last line of defense for each precious unborn child. If you are interested in joining our life-saving mission, contact Julie Eichelman at 214-824-5942. The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Little Elm Eye Care for their support of local Catholic radio. Little Elm Eye Care is owned by Drs. Bert and Leslie Bubella, parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. They specialize in family vision care, comprehensive eye exams, contact lenses, and the treatment of eye diseases and injuries. Little Elm Eye Care is located at 1200 East El Dorado Parkway, Suite 100, across from the Little Elm Athletic Complex. They can be reached by calling 972-2920-900 or on the web at littleelmeyecare.com. 
Blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 